Hey guys, it's a great day to live for Jesus. My name is Pastor Mike Grover, and this is the In the Word podcast, a twice-weekly devotional journey through the New Testament, where together we will stop, look, and learn what the Lord has to say to us today. We are in the Word today in Matthew chapter number 4. Matthew chapter 4 picks up where chapter 3 left off. You know, the very last thing in chapter 3 was Jesus' public baptism. And Jesus is down in the water, and the Holy Spirit of God descends on him like a dove. And we hear that voice from heaven of the Father saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So Jesus comes right out of this public declaration of his Father to be the Son of God, and he goes into public ministry, but in chapter 4, he is immediately met by temptation of the devil. It kind of reminded me of in the Navy, you have a new ship that's built or a ship that goes into dry dock for major repairs. Before they send it out on its mission, they first uh, send it out for what are called sea trials. They test the systems and that everything is working properly. It's almost here that you get the sense that Satan was trying to give Jesus his uh, sea trials of his new and public ministry. In chapter three, we see the Father affirming Jesus Christ as the Son of God. And now in chapter number four, Satan is affirming him also as the Son of God to the kingdom of darkness. And right after this temptation, and by the way, we're told in the New Testament, Jesus was tempted in all points like we are, but with one great qualifier, it was without sin because he was sinless. But after this temptation, we see the shift taking place to Galilee. Now, Jesus grew up in Galilee, but he's tempted by Satan in Judea, down closer to Jerusalem. But here, after hearing about the death of John the Baptist, Jesus heads back up to Galilee. We see that in verse 12. And this really commences what we call the early Galilean ministry of Christ up in the area where he really came from. And we learn in the larger context of the Gospels that Jesus goes back to Nazareth and he's rejected there by his own people without honor in his own country. And so he heads over to Capernaum. Capernaum is another town in Galilee on the northern coast of the sea. And this becomes really his headquarters for his public ministry. It's where Peter's from, and they ministered out of this house there. And this is where Christ's public ministry begins, because in verse 17 it says, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So this is the beginning. This is where Jesus sets out on his ministry of proclaiming the good news of God to the world. And this morning on In the Word, I really want to focus on verses 18 through 22, where it says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. And he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. So I like to refer to this here as Jesus' recruitment tour. 
here he is commencing his public ministry, and he's going to build his team that are going to work with him and that are going to be with him and that he is going to really train to carry on his work after his departure. And here Jesus says to them this common call we see in the Gospels, follow me, follow me. Now, this is not at this point a call to salvation, as it were, because we see an earlier and a previous call to Peter and Andrew in John chapter 1, where he also called them to follow him. You know, I think one mistake we've made in, in American Christianity over maybe the last century or half century is we turn the call of Jesus to follow me into a call to pray a prayer. We say, if you want to be a follower of Jesus Christ, pray this prayer. But Jesus said, no, if you want to be a follower, follow me. And following Jesus is really not a work, but it's the evidence of our faith. But this is not that initial call that we see here. This is a next step kind of call. And I love what one commentator said. He said, even those who have been called to follow Christ have further need to be called to follow on. You see, this was a new call. This was a higher calling. This is what we like to call at our church a next step of faith. One of the most dangerous things that we face in the life of faith as believers is complacency. Complacency is different than contentment. Contentment is a resting or a satisfaction with Jesus and with his ways. Complacency can be a laziness that no longer is seeking Jesus's ways, but finds rest in our own ways, in our own patterns of life. You see, we have that early response of being a believer in Jesus Christ, but it's a mistake if we treat our salvation in Christ as some sort of a get-out-of-hell-free card that we stick in our wallet or in our purse for the day when we need it when we're going to heaven. And we began to see the reward of following Christ as heaven or eternal life. And we fail to see that the reward of following Christ is Christ himself. It's the relationship that we have with him. Now, you see here in this story, in this account, when he comes to Peter and Andrew, they're casting a net into the sea. And when he comes to James and John, they're mending their nets. So this whole thing is built around this theme of nets. Well, what were those nets? Those nets represented their way, their life. And really, with James and John, it goes even deeper it's their family because it says that they were in a boat with their father, Zebedee. And by the way, this job they had with their dad was no small undertaking because in Mark chapter 1 and verse 20, it even says that he had hired servants. So this is a fully functioning, operational business. And maybe James and John were in line to take over this business from their dad. And Jesus steps into the scene and he says, I want you to follow me. You see, complacency can be a fleshly substitute for contentment. Satan always has his counterfeits. And if we're not careful in our lives, we can see the ways of life, the patterns of life, and the good things of life, and we can take them and see them somehow as contentment when really they may actually be complacency. Well, what is complacency? I would call it a, a shortcut to a desired end. We see an example of this earlier in the chapter in verse number eight, while Satan is tempting Jesus. 
It says again, the devil takes him up into an exceeding high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and says unto him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Now, this is funny because what Satan is offering Jesus already belongs to him. The kingdoms of the world are his. He is king of kings and lord of lords. But don't miss this. In Jesus' calling by the Father in his earthly ministry, it wasn't to reign, it was to suffer. So what Satan was actually doing was not necessarily tempting Jesus with these things in a sense because they're already his. He's really tempting him to take a shortcut. Hey, bypass the suffering, bypass the difficulty, and why don't you just go straight to really the reigning and the kingdoms of this world? I think complacency is a lot like that. It's a shortcut to a desired end. Man, we trust Christ and we make the prize heaven, we make the prize no hell, we make the prize being in eternity with God, and we miss the point that the prize is knowing Jesus. The prize is following him. But in following Christ in this life, we have to be willing to listen and take those steps of faith upward and onward during this life before we get to heaven. See, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you. We must be ready and willing to answer the higher calls of Christ. And a simple step of faith can lead to a wide open plane that we may have never experienced before. And I love their response to his call. It says straightway, immediately, they followed him. And you know what? That following opened up joys and experiences and opportunities and yes, rewards that they would have never experienced in the complacency of the normalcy of their everyday lives. So what's the word for today? It's simply this, listen, look, let go, and learn. What does God have for me today? Stay open, you never know where the Lord may take you today. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey together through the New Testament.